All right, here we go, you guys and ladies. Thanks for listening to The 4 Outdoorsman every Sunday night at 6 o'clock at mybobcountry.com. I'll tell you what, the young man we have behind the glass there, the engineer for this evening, Garrett, he knows what he's doing. He's becoming much more comfortable with his job. He's only been with the station for about a year or so. He just shows up about eh, one minute to six. That's all he needs. He doesn't does need to prepare. That's all he needs. I was actually in production, too, texting some people before I came in here, but oh, I just needed the Wi-Fi. So. I thought you were learning from Brandon. Just park in the parking lot and run your ass in here and turn on, turn the turn the microphone on. But, nah, early's on time. Yeah. On time is late, so <laughs> I got boy. here early enough. Well, thanks for taking care of us, young man. I'll tell so you you're what. here so Brandon could go on vacation, but Brandon never goes on vacation, so what's the deal there? I just like, you know, you just hanging like out company? with Garrett. He's fun. Oh, well, that's, that's a good reason, I if guess. If Brandon goes on vacation, he's got two options. Takes his dog with him or, or pays someone to, to take care of that dog for four days. And Brandon, with your new pup, would you trust somebody with your pup for a week? Uh, well, it would really depend on who it is because I made the mistake of having my brother and sister-in-law watch her while we were out yeah. on our what a mess. trip, and it was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, I'll tell you what. This is a, hang on. This is an outdoor show. But uh, And thanks for listening to 4 Outdoorsman. I'm Steve Strusinski. My buddy Mark Lukey is next to me. Last hello. year, what? Oh, I was just oh, saying hello. Oh, hello. Last year, uh, Brandon and I had a chance to co-host the fishing trip to Ballard's with, with Bob FM. Had and you're doing that again, right? I am going again. My, my dad is going to be watching my dog at my house. Anyway, just so. <laughs> tell the uh, uh, one minute or two, a uh, minute and a half of the stuff that happened with the dog. You went crazy. You just had the dog. <laughs> yeah, she was a puppy. You know, and they locked new. the dog in the house, whatever. In the garage. Like the first night, they kind of bailed on it. And we're yeah. like, oh, she is. And I told right away, I'm like, she's a puppy. She's a little crazy. You're going to have to be hands-on. You know, and like, yeah. control her, though. Yeah. Like, you know, be the alpha in this situation situation but uh, she got the best of them so they put her in the garage that first night and then just brought her back to my house after that but then the the worst part about it and the thing that sent me over the edge was then they locked themselves out of my house and couldn't get in with you know and i didn't want them to like break in or whatever and we were already going to be on our way back so i was like she's fine i guess but thanks a lot for (laughs) locking my dog at home alone yeah brandon brandon was uh you pulled me through it, Strew. If, if it wasn't for you, it would have been a, a much rougher weekend yeah. for me. So I thank you for being yeah. there. Me and my buddy Jack Daniels took care of you, Bill. That was a that was a mess. I felt bad for this guy. He was, but it's like raising a child. I, you know, I guess yeah, she's my baby. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, she was a little puppy at the time. But funny to hell. Well, thanks for sharing that story, Bill. It'll go much smoother this year. I already know. It's a lot so, of fun. Lot of but fun. I'll be missing you. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, where am I going to be? Uh, Florida, Arizona. I don't know. Somewhere warm. I think we're going to be in Arizona for 30 days. And, and anybody, our address is 758 Garso. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm writing we'll, that down. We'll be gone for 30 days. <laughs> My wife is shaking her head right now. Sorry, Diana. No, we have nothing to steal anyway. So, Brandon, thanks. do you still have spots for a Ballard trip? Uh, yeah, I believe we do. When is it? Uh, it's February 4th through the 7th. Well, tune into last year's show. They did a live show from Ballard's. It's a blast. I've done that trip. It was uh, so when much I was with fun. Due North. I mean, if you want to just go, have fun, take a bus ride up, you know, everything's set up for you. That's the yeah. great thing about that trip. Is well, what I've been telling set up for you. And it's perfect for anybody who loves ice fishing, but it's also great for beginners because mm-hmm. they kind of and they gauge the the group. You know, they'll be as as uh, involved as you want them to be. The guides. Yeah. If you want them to just be on about their way and like, I got this. They're more than happy to do that. But if you need some help, if you want them to kind of walk you through stuff and show you things, they got time for you. So it's a great trip for experienced ice anglers and awesome for beginners. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun because you know the food was great. Ballard's is good, of course, and uh, the housing was fun. But everybody's there for the same reasons. We had like 45, 50 people in the bus. And they're all, they all they all have the same goal. Just go out, have a good time, and see if you can catch a fish. It was you know, fun so. just cruising across the lake in those yeah. bombardiers. Yeah. You know, yeah. just just railing across the lake of the woods. And it's then we were, way. you know, closer to Canada than the U.S. when we were there. We were. It was fun. It was a, a great trip, and I can't wait to go again. And I would love for you to join me. Go to mybobcountry.com or just ballardsresort.com. They'll help you there too. Just ask them about the Bob FM Winter Walleye Connection. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Wish I Thank could go. you. I guess we have to pay him I, now. For can I borrow some stuff though? Again? <laughs> yeah, you can. You can <laughs> for sure. We'll talk later. Yeah, yeah you can borrow stuff for sure. Uh, my my favorite story about that trip last year. We'll talk about this week as well. Again, we're the four outdoorsmen. Thanks for listening. It was as they give you all a, a couple of nice brand new fishing rods that have never been used. I don't know what kinds they were. They, I looked them up. They cost about forty five, fifty bucks. I don't know even where they got them. The reason I looked it up is because. I was setting up in my fish house, and I my my foot kicked one of the fishing rods right down the hole, and I saw the it brand flutter. new one, brand new one, brand new, never never been 
mm-hmm. the hook is still on the you know wrapped up there, and it it lands on the on the bottom. And we're about seventeen feet away uh, water. I could still see this thing, and I couldn't hook it up. And all of a sudden, the the wind kind of the waves take it and it's gone. Uh, about three hours later, <laughs> I hooked it by chance. I was just bringing my my lure up and hook the thing up, and it comes up again parallel to the hole. Uh-huh. So I can't pick it up, you know. I'd yeah. run, I'd, so it's Brad, like a dog getting through a hallway with a stick in its mouth. Yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 the exact same thing. So, <laughs> so Brandon got the idea of he he. I, I lowered it another four, five, six, seven feet, so he had room to work, and he took his rod with a hook on it, a rappel, whatever it was, and hooked it at the end of the rod, so it tipped it straight up in the air, and we reeled it back up. So it saved me forty five bucks. You're a problem solver, man. Oh, I love man. though that it was minutes after getting to the ice house. I mean, I hadn't oh, yeah. taken my gloves off yet, and Strew kicks a rod down the hole. You know, what would uh, save that from happening? Well, oh, the <laughs> oh, yes, cat's covers. Device. Yeah, what the heck? One of our sponsors, cat's Why covers. Why didn't you yeah. not have one of those? We know you, Strew. You need protection. <laughs> yes, Diana says the same thing. <laughs> what do you got? You got a couple shout outs already? Uh, yeah, we have a bunch. I was actually trying to get to it so stall for a little bit well i'll give you a couple of shout outs i want to say hi to nancy sackle a lady friend of ours listens regularly and i i there's a couple of reasons why number one she either likes the show she's in love with you or she has no friends because she's just got nothing or else all to the do. above yeah but so nancy sackle thanks for being one of the listeners we'll talk to you soon and they got a shout out to steve renneberg as well the one of our favorite sponsors from arrowhead outdoors i asked about ice conditions they're kicking butt up there they've got Six to ten inches all over the place. There's very little snow on the ice, so you can. Get, they're all over four wheelers. Everything's happening up there near Ely, Minnesota. Get up there and do some fishing. Boy, I want to give a shout out to the Bergwald family. My son's hockey coach uh, brought his parents, who are listeners, and uh, it was really fun to meet them. They say they listen all the time. So, thanks for listening, and it was great to meet you. Uh, we have a couple other here. Shout outs. Thanks everyone to write in. And I encourage you, if you're listening, to write in. We'd love you to be part of the show, part of our community. Just comment on the post every week and we'll start talking about you and get to know you a little bit more. First one is from Twin Cities Wallies Unlimited. It says, Merry Christmas. We're praying for some colder weather and better ice from Santa this year. Stay safe, everyone on the slushy hard water. Yeah, they're taking a beating, ice fishermen right now, and retailers and Anyone involved in this industry is is really struggling right now because, you know, I when I, I was in Mille Lacs, driving by Mille Lacs up to Brainerd, all the hard houses are on the shores. No one's renting them out. So none of the bait shops are being used. So it's it's hard for especially northern Minnesota because so much of their income depends on early ice and, and getting these hard houses out People there. People get excited. Like right now they're yeah. excited. And it's the first part of the year. My buddy Bob Krejci, he's knocking his head against the wall. He's been out. But it just got out. They're losing about a month almost of really, really good ice and uh, in a lot of places. So be extremely careful. Look, all those ice reports. I checked on Devil's Lake. They're having issues there as well. That's such a big body of water, but two to four inches of ice and some open water still. So yeah, be smart, be careful, and uh, we'll 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 kick some butt. We'll do it. We'll get ready. Yeah, it'll you know it'll freeze hard and and it'll be a, a madhouse. Everyone will be so excited to go. So hang in there. Be safe. Don't rush it. Uh, Make sure you check ice every couple feet if you can. Um, a couple other shout-outs here. Corey Bechtold said early and late ice are going to be the same week. That's pretty true. Uh, Shannon Cruz says Merry Christmas, gents. And Bill Katz is making my new shop. Listening to Bob 1061. I can't wait to see that new shop. Bill looks cool. And our newest fan, Rosie, says Merry Christmas to everyone. Rosie, the 94-year-old who had a successful deer hunt, was on a couple weeks ago, and we got the chance to meet her family. I think I think it's BS. I do. I th- I don't think Rosie got the deer. Well, I think it's like Hollywood. I think this is a big scam. You well, know, it's like it's it's uh, what do you call that? Uh, what do you call that? Uh, AI. Yeah, What's that it's called? AI, yeah. Artificial intelligence. Well, you're down, I, You know all the. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think Rosie's full of. I think she's BS. Well, you're gonna go visit her, so you can. January one, I'll go see Rosie. I'm gonna can, have breakfast. Uh, give her lunch. lie detector tests. <laughs> <laughs> Fun stuff. So uh, yeah, well, so we're not gonna be airing next week. Um. Because it's Christmas Eve, right? What's more important, your family or the radio show? My family. That a boy. By far. That a boy. So, yeah, we're going to take a little break. And what are you going to do? And I, I wanted to ask you some quick Christmas-related All right, go questions. ahead. Let's wing it. What's your favorite Christmas song? Mary, Did You Know. Really? Mary, did you know? It's kind of an obscure one. That's your baby boy. Yeah, that's a you beautiful song. You know what my song. least favorite one is? That Christmas Shoes one. I hate that song. 
just really dumb. How does it go? I don't know. It's like some kid prays for shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he goes like he doesn't have the money. Yeah, 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 it's just yeah. like, oh, I don't know why. that. I just cringe at that song. He didn't have enough money, and the guy gave him, yeah. oh, I love that song. And then they break into like speech and talk halfway through it. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like that yeah. song. Well, well, what is your favorite one, then? Uh, I'm going to say Old Holy Night, and it's done well by a lot of people, but I might go with Josh Groban on that one. Uh, Josh Groban's good at everything, I guess. That's a good song. There's a, there's a lot of them, but I, I'm just... Uh, it evokes emotions. I like, I like songs that evoke emotions yeah. and, and memories and you know flashbacks to when you're sitting by the tree looking at the presents and um, like just the song, that magical feeling. Like the song Kenny Rogers sings, in addition to Mary Did You Know, yeah. the song he sings about the little kid throws a baseball up in the air and he swings and misses a couple of times. You've never heard I of that song? that one, no. Well, I'm going to sing it to you on the way home. You guys, look it up, anybody. Um, Kenny Rogers, kid throws a baseball up in the air and swings and misses. It's a song he wrote. Forget the name of it, but it's a great, great now, song. Now, knowing Strew, knowing you, it's probably not Kenny Rogers, and it probably is a football. <laughs> <laughs> I got the right story, so, the wrong facts. So if you're really good at investigating, take little bits of Strew's stories and try be, to figure out the facts. Yeah, be, be creative. Be creative. <laughs> All right, what, what is your... Uh, I, love, I love... You always go, you got to see this movie. It's called, uh, you know... Whatever, whatever, and it's on Amazon. That's not the name of the movie, and it's and not on Amazon. It, and it's on Hulu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your favorite movie then? Christmas movie? Uh, I'm gonna say National Lampoon's Christmas. Good vacation. one. There's not a whole and, lot of emotion in that baby. And it's special to me because it is good. It was made. It was made. You know, Russ, the son. Yeah. I was like the exact same age at the exact same time as Russ, right? So it's just it hits a wheelhouse with my family. My my dad was very much like uh, Clark W. Griswold. Uh, we did the lights thing. We did that. We had the family coming in town. We had the really old relatives that, you know, they didn't wrap a cat, but it was similar to it. <laughs> but so, and my sisters had the big hair. I had an older sisters with the big hair. Like that family situation and and that situ like. Everything about that movie hit exactly at the right time in my life where I could I could live through that, man. And you've watched it a number of times oh, since then. a thousand times. Is that right? That and my kids watch Elf just about every day. Like, it's crazy. I love that movie, but I get really sick of it after well, a while. Well, guess, guess what I'm going to say about Elf. It's your least favorite? No, it's one of my yeah, most favorites. It, it's got to be. That is a great movie. It's well done. Movie. For a new show, you know, I, 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 there's, there's, mm -hmm. it's not going to be... Uh, uh, a wonderful life. Don't even get me there. It's it's. Uh, but I think I think Elf is really well done. Yeah. And, and uh, hey, I got one for you. I oh, think I Luke you'll like. Mm -hmm. It's called Eight Bit Christmas. No idea. It's what new you're talking about. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is in it, but it's a flashback to getting that first Nintendo. Ooh. So it's a lot of like time travel. You're back in like the 80s or the 90s, whenever it was. I think yeah. it was the late 80s. Eight, but, what is uh, it called? Eight Bit Christmas. Eight Actually, Bit I, Christmas. So it's a couple years old, right? And it, I believe it is on Amazon. By okay. the way. But I, it, I, I think it Amazon. actually is on Amazon. I I'm, thought you were going to try to tease Mr. Lukey about his Bitcoin investment or something <laughs> no, like that. No, I'd never do that. Bitcoin rules. Yeah. Bitcoin fixes all of this. <laughs> yeah. I think it's that's worth nice. about half of what I bought it for. But yes, it is awesome. All sure, right, we came in at the top, but yeah, you know, it, like it'll go back things. up. <laughs> I like to buy things at the all-time high. That's my investing advice. Mark Fisher from a Real Talk Outdoors is in the studio there as well, and I love to bother this guy. So, Mark Fisher, what was your worst Christmas present you ever got? Mark Fish, he's with Real Talk Outdoors. The show is on at seven o'clock, eight o'clock. A lot of what's the worst Christmas present Mark Fisher ever got? Hmm. He's doing well. He's thinking real hard. Because it was, it would have been long ago. Because we hear nothing over here. I've had nothing That's, but good ones. Oh, you got nothing but good ones. I've had nothing but good ones in all the years, but obviously, I think it was something to do it like I was supposed to. Do you guys ever used to go and wish on the first star? Yeah, when sure you were we did. A kid? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was always wishing on a Palomino pony, <laughs> <laughs> like Roy Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> and the local next door neighbor was Santa Claus for us. He was walking over to the house and he was making all sorts of nay sounds. <laughs> and I thought, is this a year? Is this the year? Yeah. Am I going to get it? I ran into my bedroom, got my Mattel Fanner 50, <laughs> the whole shooting match, and I was ready to go. And I got nothing. <laughs> nothing but one of those stick horses you used to throw your leg over. Oh, yeah, with a little head on it. Yeah. handle. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, well, welcome. Merry Christmas to you. It costs a lot yeah, less to feed one of yeah. those. He's never. He's not going to sleep tonight, this guy. Yeah, that's funnier than hell. Still ticked. All that's, right, boys. That's funny. Merry Christmas. That's funny. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just going to live in the backyard. Uh, I think my my least favorite, if I remember, I, I love baseball, I have since I was a kid, and and my, my brother John was in the military, and he sent me a baseball glove home for Christmas. But it it uh, it was as flat as this newspaper in front of me. You oh, know? was and it he, like the plastic deal? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. He, he didn't know that I took the game seriously, and right. I thought this is a toy. Yeah, this is yeah. junk. Yeah, and I cried and went upstairs and all that kind of stuff. I was I was not yeah. a very nice kid at that time, but uh, that was the my only bad memory of a toy. I think. I just remember. You know, you have distant relatives; you don't see a whole lot, and, and then, that's good. And the, <laughs> no, that's not good, but. You know, if you like something, then you're pegged as liking that forever and ever and ever. You know what I mean? Oh, he likes dinosaurs for like 15 years. Yeah. You get, you know, a dinosaur T-shirt or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're you're 12 and you're like, okay, I, I said I like dinosaurs when I was four. My lovely wife, Diana, is listening for sure. I know that. She's playing some of her games. She plays puzzles and Scrabble with her sisters and friends all across the world, whatever. And she listened to the Four Outdoorsmen. And thank you very much for doing that, Sugar Plum. But my guess is you just hit... A nerve with her because we have a 12-year-old granddaughter, Haley. We have 10 grandkids, blessed with all of them. And uh, she likes horses, and she's still involved with the horses. But Diana's still buying her. She bought her, like, a figurine horse for one of the Christmas presents. Right. You know, And, and uh, that's nice, honey. I, I, that's cool. Oh, and a, a, horse, a horse coffee cup that she bought her. Well, or it could I be mean, a cider yeah. cup or something. But So Never maybe, know. yeah. Maybe. If she still loves it, she still loves it. Well, she's involved with horses a lot. Well, that helps. Yeah, then. she's doing bill riding and everything. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just teasing you, Sugar Plum. Don't, uh, don't. All good. Lock, I don't think lock um, me out. gift giving is so stressful if you have a, a large extended family. It's like, it really takes the fun out of Christmas for me. I hate shopping, never know what anyone wants, and, and I'm running around for two weeks. To get something that they probably don't even want. Uh, my my pretty wife is is uh, backed up a little bit, and she's and she's taking the low road like most people do yeah. when the kids get older. This is the first year she's giving a whole bunch of gift cards. That's fine, yeah. man. They probably like that just absolutely because we have kids who are you know, sixteen. Yeah, a couple of sixteen. When you're five, 15, you want a toy. When yeah. you're you know fifteen, yeah, you know a, I'll take the cash money. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> but she's still out there doing all of her things and and. Uh, Shopping for all those kids for Christmas. Hey, we got a great show tonight. We're going to start out with uh, Nate Berg, a young man from Brainerd area. Uh, he's a fishing guide, but he's got a hell of a story about his fishing career when he was a kid. We'll get some ice tips from up in the Brainerd area as well. Then Where I just was. Yes, you were. And Fred Benston's going to be on. He's a retired DNR guy, just retired this year and spent like 21 years, I think, up in Sox Center in that area. But uh, 40 years. 40, about in, 40 years. In the DNR, right? Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. It's a good, well, and I read his story in the Outdoor News as well as you and a lot of other people. If you want to know more about Fred Benson, then look up the Outdoor News issue from a week ago. It's a great story about him. Dedicated man. A lot of those guys in the DNR are totally dedicated. We're going to be right back with those guys from a word from our sponsor. Take care, everybody. Checking in with the four outdoorsmen. Find them at mybobcountry.com under the weekend tab. Hey, the four outdoorsmen have been to Devil's Lake many times and fall in love with it every time. Hard water's here, and Devil's Lake is just about as good as it gets. Winner name drop here. Kurt Wallback of Outdoor Bound TV and John Hoyer, winner of the National Walleye Tour the last two years, are only two of the professional big shots that feel like Devil's Lake is overall the best fishery in the entire country. Saying a lot. Hey, before you head that way, get a hold of Strewman here. I'll put you in touch with a great guide, nice hotel, superb restaurants, whatever you need. Check it all out on devilslakend.com. And thanks. Call Dazeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional furnace repair at your home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your furnace goes out during a cold winter day. If you have a unit that's ready to roll over, Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any furnace system and can get your house warm and cozy again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your furnace goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it is too late. DazealHVAC.com I'll tell you what, Arrowhead Outdoors. Of course, you've heard us boast about Ely's oldest and largest bait and tackle store hundreds of times. It's the best 
But don't take our word for it. you got to check out some of the actual testimonials like this one from Dan Bolton. He says, Dan says, Arrowhead Outdoors is a great outfitter. Their guidance, equipment, and rental house were all high quality and set up nicely for us and for our fishing trip, our ice fishing trip. He said it's a great value in a beautiful area to fish. You mentioned the four outdoorsmen. Next time you get up there, will you? Arrowhead Outdoors, EliaMN.com. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. Tired of losing your valuables down the ice fishing hole? Our friend Bill Katz with BK Outdoors LLC has the most simple, affordable solution on the market. Katz covers are a strong polycarbonate hole cover you can stand on and fish through. Your phone, electronics, keys, kids, and pets can now be safe with this simple solution. Go to CatsCovers.com. That's K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Made in Minnesota, a veteran-owned company. You can order yours directly or visit one of Bill's great retail partners to get yours now. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head -head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. You know, even deer hunters would rather eat beef, and that's the truth. That's where Heinen Farm and Ranch comes in. Heinen Farm and Ranch is a small local business from North Branch, Minnesota, that raises some of the most delicious grain-fed beef with exceptional marbling. Custom cuts or fill your freezer with premium quality quarter half or a whole darn cow if you prefer. If this idea is new to you and you have questions, call Erica or Mike directly, 651-260-9503. Or you can email them at heinenfarmandranch at gmail.com. They're small-town, local farmers, wonderful folks, premium, quality, grain-fed beef. That's Heinen Farm and Ranch. Thanks. Picture this. You're out on the frozen expanse of Lake of the Woods, surrounded by the crisp winter air. You drop your line, and then it happens. The tug, the pull, the adrenaline rush as you battle with a colossal walleye beneath the ice. It's not just fishing. It's an adventure. Hey there, Bob Country. This is Brandon Backstrom inviting you to join me on the Bob FM Winter Walleye Connection at Ballard's Resort on Lake of the Woods, February 4th through the 7th. Everything's included. Transportation, three nights lodging, nine meals, two full days of guided ice fishing. They've got all the gear covered from bait to jig sticks. And get this, they'll even clean your catch for you. Call 1-800-776-2675. That's 1-800-776-2675. Or visit Ballard's resort.com for more information and to book your reservation get ready to make some unforgettable memories on the ice at the bob fm winter walleye connection at ballard's resort on lake of the woods Staples and HP want you to have a happy holla deal. That's right, holla deal. Now, during Staples holla deals, you can save up to $115 on the HP Smart Tank 6001 all-in-one printer with up to two years of original HP ink right in the box. Plus, find savings of up to 40% on select HP computers and monitors. Happy holla deals from Staples and HP, America's most trusted printer brand. Smart Tank offer in 1223. HP Tech offers and 1624. Visit staples.com slash HP for details. Our daughter, Jessie, loves playing detective. A clue. But since we discovered she has sensitive skin, we've been playing detective, too. We thought the problem was our puppy. But it was actually our old detergent. Aha. Uh -huh. So we switched to Tide Free and Gentle. Tide cleans better than the leading competitive free detergent, and it doesn't leave behind irritating residues. Plus, Tide Free and Gentle has no dyes or perfumes, so it's gentle on her skin. Case closed. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be tied free and gentle. Total Country Bob FM. All right, welcome back, everybody. Strewman here, Steve Strusinski, Mark Lukey, and Garrett behind the glass. Thanks for listening to the Four Outdoorsman. We must have a young man on the line right now. I'm going to bring that music down. We're going to welcome Nate Burke. 
Burke, B-E-R-G, Nate Burke. How you doing, Nate? Are you around there? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's beautiful weather up here in Brainerd, and the fish are biting, and I love it. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy Mark Lukey is next to me. We'll both be essing, be BSing with you for the next fifteen or twenty minutes. Brainerd, you know, it's. I remember this guy. Yeah, we had him on a few years ago, right? Well, we did. Yeah, Nancy Sacco. I talked about her in a shout out early on. She came from the same town you came from. Where you were born and raised in Wisconsin. What was the name of the town? Blair. I came from Blair, Wisconsin. That's yep. right. Yeah, Nancy Sacco, this friend of ours, mentioned you. We had you on about three years ago or something like that. And Nancy Sacco said, there's this young guy that I heard about that I know. Maybe she knows your uncle or something. We talked about this three years ago. And, yep. and your claim to fame as a kid is you one time, we'll talk more about your career and all this as well, but your claim to fame is, is fishing so many days in a row. How many days in a row did you actually fish, and how old were you when you were doing this? Okay, so I started when I was 10, and I went until I was uh, uh, 14, and I fished for 1,261 straight days. <laughs> yeah. You had no friends or a lot of friends. Which one was it? My gosh. Uh, a little bit of both, you know, and, and what's crazy is I had a really good childhood because uh, my mom and dad let me do whatever I wanted, and obviously fishing was one of them things, but I also played every sport imaginable, and plus... They made me mow lawns to pay for my habit in the summer. That's good. So, good. Mark. Yeah. yeah so, uh, it was a great childhood. Yeah. I, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I can tell you that. Yeah. So uh, I'm a stickler for details here. What, what would you do in that like one week where there's no ice, but ice is forming? Would you just kind of yep. throw it out there in between the icebergs, or what would you do? No, what was great was that where I lived, it, it's actually a reservoir. So it's oh, a dam right. on the nice. Tremplo River. So when the lake would start freezing up, I'd go below the dam and fish for pike. That's awesome. That's a perfect situation for that kind of record. It absolutely was. And then, you know, when we get rain in the summer and the lake would dirty up after like three days, and then the, we had uh, two trout, trout streams that were within basically walking distance of our house. So those would clean up, and then I'd go trout fishing. You know, I tell you what, we're talking with Nate Berg. He uh, lives in the Brainerd area right now. He, he's a guy fishing guide up there. Came from Blair, Wisconsin. It seems to me like Blair, Wisconsin is heaven to someone like you. Why would you ever leave Blair, Wisconsin? It was a great place to grow up, but there just wasn't quite enough fishing opportunity for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we were pretty limited. You know, we were a half hour away from the Mississippi River. Uh, fished pretty much every lock and dam from Red Wing down to Genoa. Um, all the backwaters and everything. Uh, we had musky waters that were about an hour drive away, uh, you know. But um, when I came up to Brainerd, when I when I was like, I think I was twelve or thirteen, I told my parents I was moving up here someday, one way or another. I'm going to be living in Brainerd. Cool. And lo and behold, um, graduated college and got a job up here producing outdoor television. Oh boy. Where is, uh, I'm a Wisconsin boy myself, and I've never heard of Blair. Where Obviously, it's near the river on the west side of the state. Where is Blair? It's right in between Eau Claire and La Crosse. If you okay. put a dot right in between, and it's right there. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's so small, they couldn't fit the name on the sign. That's how good. <laughs> <laughs> A little over 1,000 people. Yeah, we had to consolidate with another with another town, and uh, so now the high school's Blair Taylor, and... Uh, yeah, that's where I graduated from. Can, you, can yeah. you picture him today? What a wonderful life. Sounds like Mayberry. You were kind of like Opie walking down the street, you know, whistling songs. But what a what a wonderful place to just grow up. You woke up in the morning, and you went out and did your thing, came home for dinner, and nobody said anything. There was no concerns, no big crime. You just had a lot of fun every summer. That's a wonderful place to be. Oh, it was great. It was absolutely wonderful. You know, I had a lot of great friends. Um, I still get down there once in a while. I, you know... Life kind of moves you away from everybody. Most of my friends that I had are now in different places across the country, how things work, you know. But um, it's still Blair. You know, the cheese factory is still there. The lake is still there. Um, they're actually working on dredging it now, um, raising funds because it filled in. But, uh, yeah, fish is still good there. In fact, um, I went there for trout opener this year. I was coming back from Lake Erie, actually. <laughs> I went out there to go fishing for a few days and stopped there and, and caught a bunch of trout and perched below the dam. So the fish is still good there. Yeah. You, you talked about yeah. you talked about getting involved in producing outdoor television, outdoor whatever they were. What 
what was that? Because Mark Lukey here was with Ron Shira Productions for nine or ten years, and he's very okay. he's very involved with that. Knows all of it. What was what were you producing? What kind of shows were you doing? Well, I did fifteen years with Babe Winkleman, and then uh, I did five with Jason Mitchell. Oh, geez, yeah, so yeah, a couple of friends of ours. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, those yep. those are two good guys to learn from for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I can tell you what, I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing now. Uh, it's more of a young man's game, uh, you know, carrying that camera around. Uh, I know I got uh, I got a little bit of back problems from carrying the camera. Now, nowadays, these guys are pretty spoiled. You know, I grew up in the era of DVC Pro 50s and Betacam. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> carrying nickel cadmium batteries around. <laughs> now they got batteries that last, you know, five hours. Those things lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> Good for you. I'll uh, I'll have to say now. Babe Winkleman would remember who you are. I think we spoke about it before. I talked to him a couple of times a year. I saw him at Game Fair, and I just see him all over the place. He's still hanging in, and I see Jason a couple of times a year as well. They both would know who you are, right? Obviously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I spent I spent more time with those guys than I did my wife when well, I was traveling. Well, let's talk about your you personal know? life. You talked about uh, you're in Brainerd now. Work took you to Brainerd. Uh, you're married. Did you meet your wife in Brainerd, or did you know her before you went out that way? No, I met her in Brainerd. Yep. Yeah, she's a she's a peers girl. She's a she's a go figure. I moved from uh, farm country to lake country to marry a farm girl. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your career. I know you're doing some fishing stuff. What do you do for a career? What is your job? Well, my main job is you know fishing guide. Um, I'm also I'm also a health coach. That's one of the other things that I do help people lose some weight. Um, but majority of my time is fishing. Um, I absolutely love fishing and I still love it as much as today as I did 30 years ago, 40 years, you know, 35 years ago when I was doing my fishing streak. Um, I wake up, I, I want to go every day. I still want to go every day. It doesn't work that way anymore, but, uh, <laughs> you know, life is life. How about but, kids? Uh, do you have, you have kids and, and do you obviously no, take them fishing? No, we don't, we don't have kids. Okay. My wife and I don't have kids, okay. but it's just, you know, personal choice. Uh, just the way it worked, you know, it would have been, been a little unfair being as, you know, as much as I was traveling and all that fun stuff right. that, yeah. you know, it had been unfair to leave her with everything. But um, we both agree that we probably shouldn't. So, and that's okay. So what we do is we spoil kids. Um, we do a lot of, a lot of kids charities through the fishing guide service. So um, every year we take out a couple of recipients for uh, Minnesota Outdoor Adventure Foundation. Um, those are kids with life-threatening illnesses. Um, we do a big donation for them for their live auction that they do in the cities. Um, we just actually did one for uh, Radiothon Against Child Abuse here in Brainerd and raised a whole bunch of money for that. So we, we spend a lot of our extra money helping kids. I respect that. And, it's, and it's, you know, someday I'm 72 years old and I'm, I'm, re, I'm going backwards right now. So in about six or seven years, I will be like a 12-year-old and you can take me fishing. So uh, <laughs> there you I'm, go. I'm, I'm, going the, I'm going the wrong way, pal. Hey, talk back to the 1,261 days in a row fishing. Do you specifically remember the last day you fished and did you try to go fishing that next day? I actually do. The, the last day I fished was a Monday. Um, the next day we had a football game in Independence, Wisconsin, and the game was at 6. So the middle school was actually in Taylor, which is about a 10-minute boat or a bus ride. So I just decided, you know, it's time. Um, girls were starting to come into the picture, obviously. <laughs> um, other things as well. Um, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to end this on my terms, and, and I decided. And that was a Tuesday and Wednesday I went fishing again. <laughs> Did, did all of your friends and family realize what you were doing in, in the consecutive days and the quest and told you you were crazy? Was it public to everybody around in Blair, Wisconsin? Yeah, you know, it was, it was kind of weird how it got out there. Um, because I did it because I love it through a bet through my brother. The first time I did 46 days and he said, I bet you can't beat it again. And it was 1988 when I started. Well, that was a drought year. So we never flooded in the spring. So March 27th, 1988, I was fishing crappies in the lake in Blair and just continued. Um, but as I went, there was a gentleman from Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, 
that decided to become my quote-unquote agent. And he started spreading the word everywhere. <laughs> and that's how I went on the AP wire, um, NBC Nightly News, People Magazine, ESPN. That's, that's how Babe Winkleman found me. Yeah, that's um, fun. And, and here's the weird thing. I still don't know who that man was. <laughs> that's cool. That's... It is, but it isn't. I would have loved to shake his hand yeah. because without him, I wouldn't be here in Brainerd right now. It's like as, as if you were adopted trying to find your father. You know, that's... <laughs> yeah, really. Jeez, yeah. yeah I, I, it, it's, I, and my mom and dad don't know who he is. Um, obviously, you know, uh, we lost my dad a couple of years ago, but they, they never knew who this guy was. And, or it could have been a gal. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Interesting. And, and I think God every day that uh, whoever this was did that for me. Yeah, let's give me like a dateline. Let's find this person. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's right. do a radiothon until yeah. we find him. One of those mystery, unsolved mysteries <laughs> with what's his name. And hey, let's yeah. talk about what is the name of your guide service company and, and talk a little bit about that. Okay, my uh, guide service is just Nate Berg Fishing Guides. Um, we fish everything. It doesn't matter if you want to catch carp or muskies or anything in between. Um, obviously, most of my customers love walleyes. Uh, they love smallmouth bass, and we have good fishing for both in Brainerd. Um, this year was kind of different. Um, no musky trips this year, which is sad for me because I love musky fishing. Um, but uh, we had a couple of white fish trips. We caught some big white fish. Our big one this year, I think, was 10 pounds, 9 ounces. Holy buckets. Yeah, that's a big yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we're catching them in a pretty unique way. Um, but what, what was really strange for me this year was most of my fall trips were crappies or perch. Not very many walleyes this fall. Interesting. And that's kind, of, that's kind of weird for me because last year was the best fall I think I've ever had. I know it was because we had, uh, what was it, 29 walleyes over 28 inches in October alone. That's a lot. Wow. Good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. But this year, you know, I I probably did a handful of walleye trips in September and October. It was was strange. Good for you. But, hey, whatever people want to do, that's what we go after. Nate, do you you stick around the major lakes in the Brainerd area, or do you have, like, a secret stash of five or six lesser-known lakes that they're always biting? Well... Uh, I spend a lot of time on the Minnesota Lake Finder app, finding mm-hmm. these small little, precious little gems. Yep. Um, don't get me wrong. I do fish a lot on Gull. I fish a lot on, uh, like, Edward, North Long. Not so much North Long in the summer, just mm-hmm. in the winter. Um, but I have a lot of lakes that are under 1,000 acres that we hit. And we get some giants. Yep. That's fun. Do you have, and that's fun. When you're guiding, do people are people like, I want to catch crappies on gull or do they say i want to catch crappies and then you decide where to go uh you know you get a few people that want to go to a certain lake um i can't guarantee anything then yeah unless you know i kind of have a deal where i guarantee people fish um or they don't pay never had anybody get their money back Um, (laughs) that's good but that that guarantee goes away if we go to a lake that you want to fish yeah I mean, I completely understand if we go there and you want to learn it, um, but I'm going to be open and honest. If we're not catching them there, we're just not going to we're not going to go there. You that's know, a, that's a great system. I respect your being so candid about it. I tell you what, Nate, we got to wrap this thing up. I was going to ask you for some one of your f- favorite fishing stories, but we'll talk off the air and I'll get one from you. Nate Berg from Brainerd area. Nate Berg and Nate Berg B E R G Fishing Guide Service. You guys want to go up there and catch whatever this guy wants to catch. Give Nate Berg a call. Nate, thanks for being on the show. You're fun. I love your energy. Thank God I'm only I'm 5'7", 142 pounds, and I do not need your health service. I'll be all right. Yeah. Take care, buddy. Thanks for being on the show. Well, yeah, thank you, guys. All right, take care. I'll talk to you later on. Yep. Bye. That's Nate Berg. We'll be right back. Take a break, huh? We'll be right back with uh, Fred Benson, retired DNR guy from the state of Minnesota.
Bob FM's Minnesota Country Salute CD project is back for its final year. 20 homegrown artists have come together with Bob FM to create another album to raise money for the Minnesota Military Family Foundation and Minnesota Wheels of Honor. When you buy yours, you're helping the servicemen and women, first responders, and their families overcome the sacrifice they make for your safety. Find out where you can buy yours at mybobcountry.com on sale now. Hey, the four outdoorsmen have been to Devil's Lake many times and fall in love with it every time. Hard water's here and Devil's Lake is just about as good as it gets. I'm going to name drop here. Kurt Wallback of Outdoor Bound TV and John Hoyer, winner of the National Walleye Tour the last two years, are only two of the professional big shots that feel like Devil's Lake is overall the best fishery in the entire country. Saying a lot. Hey, before you head that way, get a hold of Strewman here. I'll put you in touch with a great guide, nice hotel, superb restaurants, whatever you need. Check it all out on devilslakend.com. And thanks. Hey, one of the most beautiful winter settings in Minnesota is every square mile surrounding Ely. Ice fishing, of course, is superb and the options are nearly endless, but Arrowhead Outdoors, well, it's a must stop for every hiker, hunter, or fisherman heading that way because Chris and Steve, eh, they pretty much know it all. Hey, once again, Steve has fish houses for rent on the doorstep of the Bounty Waters. He fishes a lot and as a result knows where to put those babies and it'll put the odds in your favor. Hey, I'll tell you what, reserve your fish house today. Go to arrowheadoutdoorsElymn.com. Winter is not the time to have problems with your furnace. Get the best behavior out of your home heating and cooling system with the Zeal Service Partner Plan. For just $9.99 a month, get professional priority service, two high-performance checks per year, no after-hours or emergency service charge, and so much more. Plus, we'll call you when it's time for annual maintenance. For the price of fancy coffee, the Dezeal Service Partner Plan can catch small problems before they are big ones. Call the top dog, Dezeal Heating and AC. Learn more at DezealHVAC.com. <laughs> Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. Tired of losing your valuables down the ice fishing hole? Our friend Bill Katz with BK Outdoors LLC has the most simple, affordable solution on the market. Katz covers are a strong polycarbonate hole cover you can stand on and fish through. Your phone, electronics, keys, kids, and pets can now be safe with this simple solution. Go to CatsCovers.com. That's K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Made in Minnesota, a veteran-owned company. You can order yours directly or visit one of Bill's great retail partners to get yours now. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head -head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. You know, even deer hunters would rather eat beef, and that's the truth. That's where Heinen Farm and Ranch comes in. Heinen Farm and Ranch is a small local business from North Branch, Minnesota, that raises some of the most delicious grain-fed beef with exceptional marbling. Custom cuts or fill your freezer with premium quality quarter half or a whole darn cow if you prefer. If this idea is new to you and you have questions, call Erica or Mike directly, 651-260-9503. Or you can email them at heinenfarmandranch at gmail.com. They're small-town, local farmers, wonderful folks, premium, quality, grain-fed beef. That's Heinen Farm and Ranch. Thanks. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Thor Outdoors. We stick around at 7 to listen to uh, the boys of Real Talk Outdoors. Of course, that's where you really learn stuff instead of just uh, having conversation. But we're going to learn some stuff right now from this guy. We've got uh, Fred Benston from the uh, Sock Rapids area, I believe. Retired DNR guy. Fred, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Good to be on it. Yeah. Did you get out? Now, I, I read about you, of course, in the outdoor news. We tell people we steal 90% of our guests from Rob Driesline and those guys. But uh, you love fishing and trying to get out as much as you can. I don't know if you heard anything about the last kid that we just had on, uh, Nate Berg. 
Uh, at one time, he fished 1,261 days in a row. That's amazing. That's an avid young man, boy. And uh, Now that you're retired, you're up. It's your turn. <laughs> you can break that record. You can break yeah, that record. Yeah. That would be quite a record to break. Well, I tell you what, yeah, it's, it can do that probably when you're a kid and you don't have families and weddings and funerals and graduations, those kind of things. But what a great young man to be able to talk to. Fred, now you just retired from the D. What, what was your actual retirement date and how many years did you work? I retired. My last working day was September 12th this year, and uh, I worked for just shy of 40 years. I was the area wildlife manager for most of the time at the Sock Rapids Area Wildlife Office. What is the, 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 we hear the term wildlife manager a lot. I thought basically, I'm just an average guy from the east side of St. Paul. What, uh, we, we, we thought, I thought all DNR guys were quote unquote wildlife managers, but you have that title as a wildlife manager. What are your responsibilities as compared to the average uh, conservation officer? Well, we had a, I had a three-county work area, Stearns, Wright, and Sherburne County. We managed public lands. I had a small staff of, of three in addition to myself. And so our primary duties were managing state wildlife management areas. We, had about, we have about 65 units and close to 15,000 acres. And a lot of my duties were looking at new pieces of property to add on to existing wildlife areas or standalone we call standalone new wildlife management areas uh, a lot of the funding for that now is coming from the outdoor heritage fund and uh, so we've been making some pretty good progress um, in that area and uh, that was one of my um, loves i guess you say in the job was to acquire new new public land areas for people Fred, what do you what did you look for when uh, determining whether it's a good it would be good land for public use? What kind of factors is it? Is it most of a is the price worth it, or did you have to look for a variety of wildlife potential? What what did you have to look for? Well, a big a big criteria for us is to try to add on to existing mm-hmm. wildlife management areas, um, and of course you're looking at existing habitat that's on the on the landscape is there restorable wetland um is there areas to restore prairie or is there remnant original prairie that's a high priority mm-hmm. but those those two things are you know are big the grassland component and the wetland component uh hey fred i'll tell you what i know you retired september 12th and he said you went out you went out there and just kind of yeah, snuck out the door and didn't make a very big deal of that. Forty years in any kind of occupation occupation is a big deal. Why did you just kind of have no fanfare and just ride off into the sunset without making a big deal out of it? Well, I guess it's just personal preference. I, I've never been a showboat. Not that you have to showboat, you know, but, you know, I, I had a lot of fun, um, and I just wanted to go out as quiet as I came in, I guess. It was just my personal preference. I, I love my job tremendously. It was hard to leave. And I would say that that's probably true for most uh, DNR employees. You'll find that a lot of DNR pl- employees work 30 to 40 years. Um, it's not uncommon, you know, to see announcements with that. Um, and that just tells you, you know, that a lot of people love their, love their work. You know, uh, you talked about you don't like the limelight, and you just want to do your job because you loved your job. And conservation is dear to your heart. And I know some of the projects that you've been involved in are huge and took years and years and years to develop. But you mentioned that you're kind of a low-key guy. But I forget who said it, that, that you, you, were, you didn't take any crap either. If you believed in something, you wouldn't back down. You were a, you were a tough guy to deal with in a fair way. Uh, what does he mean by that? Well, I... You know, those were really nice words, and I, I appreciate it. I had a lot of really great mentors that instilled in me, you know, the work ethic and also, you know, the conservation ethic. And, um, you know, when you latch on to a project, um, there's all sorts of ways that it can derail. And there's also all sorts of people you need to work with. It's a partnership. It's a teamwork. 
So as a wildlife manager, a lot of times you're kind of the conductor. Um, you know, you're you're working um, in many different ways with a team. Um, and if you believe in something, just like anybody, if you believe in something, you know, you shouldn't let it stop you. You go, you go, you know, until you, until you accomplish it. And sometimes you don't, but you, you go hard. And that's just the way I've always worked. You know, one of your one of your big projects, I believe, was was uh, the restoration of Pelican Lake in Wright County. I, how do you start that? I mean, I don't know exactly what it was like when you when you decided we got to restore this this natural resource. How do you go about starting that? You must lobby to get a lot of money from somebody. How many years did it take, and and how did you get involved? How did that whole thing begin? Well, I started in Sauk Rapids in 1986, and already Pelican Lake was an issue as water levels were climbing. And there was county board meetings, there was legislators, um, DNR was heavily involved. Um, we didn't have funding, you know, to take on a project like that. It was a designated wildlife lake uh, already, but we didn't have the, the money to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I had mentors, the wildlife manager then, Mike Maurer, um, was trying his best. Um, Tim Bremerker was a manager before that. All, you know, all three of us were, were trying to figure out a way to restore that lake, you know, for wildlife, for waterfall. And it wasn't until um, the Outdoor Heritage Fund that we, we knew we had a chance and we ran with it. And uh, there was a lot of people um, that, that helped me out um, in St. Paul, commissioner's office, um, legislators even, county boards, almost unheard of. The Wright County Board um, unanimously uh, voted to work with us on land acquisition. We bought 24 tracks around Pelican Lake in less than 10 years Wow! to get that project done, not to mention the water level management that we did. So, um the Outdoor Heritage Fund was really key to getting that project done, though. That provided the million and a half dollars for us to do the water uh, control structure and the pumps that we have in place there now. And the lake now is is down. It's beautiful. It's not perfect, but it's it's a lot, believe me, it's a lot better than it was. And I, I think a lot of people would agree with that. You know, my, my guess is there's, there's so much pride involved in what you've accomplished over the 40 years. And, of course, you have to have help 100% along the way. But I'm guessing 90% of the people who do a job, 75% of the people who work 40 hours a week doing whatever they do, just do their job and go home, and that's the end of it. You get to now drive by areas and look at things that you were a huge part of, of 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 being successful of growth of conservation that's got to make you feel like you're on air yeah it it's really is and one of the really cool or nice fringe benefits of uh, as a wildlife manager when you buy new tracks standalone tracks um you get to actually name them usually how many people can name public land? Um, there's not many, yeah. but we get to do that. And a lot of times we, we try to, we try to be very appropriate and, you know, use the names that, that mean something for the area, but it's, it's a, it's really a nice thing. It's one of the fringe benefits as a wildlife manager is that we often get to name the wildlife areas. And, and then, like you said, you can go back years later, you can take your kids and grandkids or whoever, and, you know, I, you know, last week I was hunting on one of the wildlife areas in Western Stearns County that I uh, helped purchase. And, you know, it just gives you a lot of pride. How many kids do you have? Are you, I'm guessing you have children. Yeah, I've got two kids. I've got a daughter who's 23. She's actually pursuing a, a degree or she's pursuing a career in natural resource management. Uh, I've got a son that's 18 that's uh, trying to find his way. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, I grew up on a century farm in the Clear Lake area, so I had a I had a benefit of being able to walk out the door and, and be surrounded by all sorts of different habitats. And, you know, hunting and fishing has always been uh, – been very important to me you know you uh, you talked about the earlier part of your career as well i know you went to the university of minnesota 
And after you got your undergraduate degree, when you were going to college, did you ever have any, like most of us did, any second, cho- no, a second thoughts about, am I doing the right thing? Am I going in the right direction? Did you have any second thoughts about that at all? And then the next question is, when, when you got to Ely as, uh, with, a, with one of your first responsibility after undergraduate school, what were you doing up in Ely, Minnesota? Answer the first one. Did you ever have any second thoughts? Not really. Um, you know, when, for me, it was, you know, I, I was focused on a, on a mission to get there. I had a lot of people that encouraged me, but I also had a lot of people that, you know, presented the realities of the job market back then, which was pretty grim. But, you know, I, I didn't let it stop me, but I had a lot of help along the way. I had a lot of mentors. Um, and I, I really never had any doubts. I mean, I, um, you know, I knew I was going to do something. And if, you know, if I was going to be in the poorhouse, so be it. But um, it, it was my vision. It was just the way I was driven. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's so cool. Re- you know, re- regarding Ely, um, that was a, a year job in between my bachelor's and master's degree, working for uh, Dave Meach on the wolf study up there that's ongoing. It's been ongoing for probably 50 years yeah. now. Well, actually, it's probably, <laughs> probably been going on for 70 years. I know, I know, but, yeah. But it uh, was a tremendous experience for for getting research experiencing, experience handling wolves, handling deer. Um, you name it, we did it up there. But our, my primary job was helping trap wolves, put radio collars on and trapping deer. But you learn a lot on along the way. You learn about population dynamics. You you learn really learn what wolves are doing up there. You learn what deer are doing. Um, it was a, just a tremendous experience. All right, let, let's uh, since since we're talking about it, and you brought it up, you've had as much experience as anybody with the wolves. What's the answer, Freddie boy? What's the answer? What do we do here? How do we get more deer up there? And are the wolves a huge factor in minimizing the deer population in the Ely area? Yeah, well, that's certainly a hot-button topic now. Um, <laughs> you can say it now that you don't work there. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I think I think most, uh, you know, most managers would agree that, you know, wolves need to be managed in some, in some form. Um, there's certainly predation on deer. Everybody knows that. Um, you know, and, and the deer population now is, is undoubtedly being affected by wolves. But there's other factors. You know, there's winters, um, this combination of predators, there's bears, there's all sorts of things. But yes, you know, there there are, you know, plenty of timber wolves in certain areas. Um, and, you know, a lot of people aren't, aren't aware that wolves are being trapped by the yeah by uh, federal authorities, in the, mostly in the summertime, uh, you know, around livestock areas in Minnesota. And, and um, but it, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very political issue, um, you know, um, and I, I have a feeling that it's going to get worked out, but it's going to take some time. Um, you just have to keep, keep the faith, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And there's always going to, there's always going to be setbacks, just like Pelican Lake. We had, you know, dozens of setbacks, but, you know, we got there eventually. So that's what what. you got to hold on to. Well, you got to be proud of yourself, you know, and... and, Thank you for your service yeah, how to the much, state. Yeah, how much pride in what you've been doing? And I'm going to embarrass you a little bit because I've got the outdoor news right in front of me. You finished the, the article talking about about uh, someone asked for advice, and your quote is, listen to your heart and don't be afraid to take calculated risks as often as you can. That's one of the quotes, and I love that. And this one even hits home even more. It says, with occasional failure, we often learn more about ourselves than we could ever imagine. That's wonderful. I love that stuff. I tell you what. Uh, if you don't mind, Fred, we're going to have you on a couple of times a year because there's a whole lot more that we've got to talk about, but we only have an hour on Sunday nights. I want to thank you for your service, like Mike, like Mark said, and uh, everything you've done. Uh, just thanks for being there for 40 years, and thanks for joining us on The Four Outdoorsmen. Yeah. Well, you should know that there's a lot of others out there working yep. and doing the same thing, yep. and the, the, pub, the public needs to know that they're the watchdogs out there, yeah. and there's a continuous flow of good people coming into our outfit. So. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Hey, Fred, again, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for your service. We're going to stay in touch with you because I love talking with you. Have a great night. Have a, have a safe Christmas, and keep on fishing, buddy. Yeah.
All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, everybody, for the four, for the, for the four Outdoorsman uh, radio show. That's, uh, we got, uh, of course, Fred Bengstrom. Just we talked to him. And then Nate Berg was early. But you guys have a safe week. We'll talk to you later. My buddy Mark's got something to say. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Hug your loved ones. If you get a chance, get outside and make some memories. <laughs>